the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Typically, I do two different hours in the show. One is dedicated more towards strategy. One is dedicated more towards the market conditions and the news and the headlines and how to interpret the tea leaves that we're seeing that day. So let's start looking at yesterday first. Uh, all the markets did fine. NASDAQ was up basically four-tenths of one percent. The S&P 500 was up one quarter of a percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up slightly one-fifth of a percent. Investors are playing cautious right now ahead of Fed Chairman Jerome Powell's big economic financial symposium in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. In the past two days, the SP 500 has not gained or lost more than 1%, only the fourth time this year that's happened. So that you can tell what's going on. There's a little nervousness, a little anxiety. There's a little watching what they do, what they say, how they say it. Are they overly hawkish or are they dovish when it comes to inflation expectations? Peloton had a big pop up 20%. Sell its products on Amazon. Peloton's in the news yet again today, and yet for a different reason, this time for earnings. Um, so one day before they re- announce earnings, they say, look, we're going to be selling stuff on Amazon. And the next day they say, oh, we didn't have a very good quarter. I feel a little, that's not, not shady, but eh. Biden came in like a rock star. He came in like an action hero and he went after student loan debt. Millions of Americans are waking up to feeling a little less weight on their shoulders of economic stress and debt. President Biden announced the federal government would forgive $10,000 in student debt for borrowers making under $125,000 a year and up to $20,000 for Pell Grant recipients. Biden extended the moratorium on loan repayments through the end of 2022. That's the seventh. Um, And so says Joe Biden, final time that he will, the freeze will be pushed out. So it was first introduced in March of 2020. Look, in my opinion, there's no right answers. I get that. Hey, you're forgiving debt for people who are getting educated for how about those who didn't have the money to go and get educated and they're paying the taxes for those who did. It's like the rich get richer, the poor get poor, right? Where I see it is, it'll create economic activity. It's a compromise. 45 million Americans have to settle up to $1.6 trillion of student loans, an amount greater than any other consumer debt besides mortgages. That's going to relieve some of the burden that was part of Joe Biden's campaign pledges. Um, it's frustrating. I would like to see colleges somehow rein in their costs rather than presidents forgive debt. But can we have that conversation? Or are you going to start laughing? If I were to say, wouldn't it be nice if uh, 
College costs didn't go up every year. 6% double that of inflation. Ouch. And now you're saying, Rob, now you're hurting us. California said yesterday, we are completely out of the sale of gasoline-only cars by 2035. It's a landmark moment in the fight against climate change, given the California's economy is so big, it would rank as the fifth largest country in the world. California is typically a trendsetter when it comes to auto emission rules. More than 12 states could have moved banned gas-powered cars shortly after California's announcement. I'm okay with, I, I don't know Spinoff. And I, I don't want to be a tree hugger and I don't want to be a, a you know, let's go burn oil guy. I, I don't know what I want to be. I could say if that's true, there will be ramifications. And companies like Tesla, who have huge PEs, suddenly look a lot more attractive. If every car in California has to be electric vehicle or hybrid by 2035 that's sold in a dealer. That's a pretty big thing. Data-wise, it's a pretty big thing. I know you're saying, uh, that's how you start a good idea investing, isn't it? Yeah, a pretty good thing. Atlanta Fed President Bosick, he is not a voting member. He said yesterday that he's unsure the U.S. has reached peak inflation, while Kansas City Fed President George he is a voter, was on CNBC saying that more work needs to be done on inflation. The Kansas City Fed is the host of the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. So when I say where they're from, Kansas City, it's a region. Philadelphia is a region. Atlanta, it's a region. It's kind of a funny thought, isn't it? We're going to have 12 bankers. We have like 20 plus bankers in the Fed regions. But um, to think of them as voting members and non-voting members, just it's a weird tradition. And I get it. Obviously, San Francisco's economy is way different than Kansas City's. And Atlanta's economy is way different than San Francisco's and LA's or the Philadelphia region or the upper New York state region. Today, we learned that second quarter GDP was not as bad as first reported. But it doesn't mean that was good. The revised second quarter GDP report showed real GDP decreased at an annual rate of six-tenths of a percent. Originally, we thought it was nine-tenths of a percent. So we're talking about under 1% here. And when you start talking about revisions to GDP, you're like, what does the, why do we have to do this? It's a really good question. Um, data gets revised. Data gets looked at. Uh, more more surveys are taken to make it more fulfilled. A lot of weekly data turns into monthly data. The monthly data turns into quarterly data. NVIDIA was a disappointment yesterday, issuing revenue guidance well below the current expectations. NVIDIA is down about 2% on that news day. Salesforce.com posted pleasing results, but its guidance was disappointing. Another tech company, Salesforce.com, that I've always wanted to own and I never have. I'm not a real huge Mark Benioff fan. I know the whole world is. Um, I like, but I'm not in love. I'm not a fanboy. And a lot of people really, really think he's all that in a bucket chicken. 
I know he gives a lot of money to charity, but he also tells you he gives a lot of money to charity. And that's always disappointing to me. Snowflake had a wonderful quarter. So some tech companies like Snowflake, Salesforce, NVIDIA, they're differing. Um, some are a little bit worse than expected. Some are a little bit better than expected, but it's not a whole, the whole group's not down. Tesla did their three for one stock split. If you take a look at it today, you know you're not down huge. You got a stock split. So back to that first idea of 2035. Gas-powered cars being sold brand new will be illegal in California. The EV market, and this is very, very tough for many Californians to grasp because we don't like to leave our state. If you go to Chicago, if you go to Dallas, if you go to Atlanta, if you go to Allentown where Billy Joel's sitting and waiting for the steel mills to turn back on, you don't see a lot of Teslas. If other states follow California, and some will, some won't. But then companies like Ford and GM may say, well, we can't sell enough of these vehicles, so we're going to cut down production and move to the EV, where the volume, volume, volume is. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Tomorrow is the big day. We're waiting for the Federal Reserve to talk in Jackson Hole and basically tell us we've seen some encouraging signs on the fight for inflation or we've seen no real signs on the fight for inflation. We're going to continue to go full nuclear on the fight against inflation. What sort of rhetoric do they throw? Let's talk student loan debt. Um, Again, I think this is a pretty hot topic. Because it's it's one of the ones where <clears throat> you're wondering, is the president doing this trying to get younger voters to like him? Well, I think that's what politics is all about. Um, politicians used to really cater towards senior citizens because they're the ones who are the most likely to get out and vote. Now politicians have to cater to others to help swing the vote. In the end, do I think government's supposed to help a large amount of people? I do. Um, I think that's what it's there for. So the student forgiveness to me, I'm not going to get political on it. I'm just going to say it, it is what it is. I went to school. I got debts. I paid them myself. But at the same time, I'll, I'll throw out of the phrase, I feel like I was lucky to be born when I was. And someone who's 25 years old to 18 years old today, I feel I feel it's a little unlucky to be you. College has gotten a lot more competitive and a lot more expensive. Well, housing has gotten a lot more expensive. So you may not be able to have the financial freedom to say, you know what? Life isn't working out for me in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I don't want to work at a steel mill. I'm going to go to Chicago and, and be a dancer or a writer or whatever. It's too expensive now to go to Chicago from Allentown. So the Biden administration is canceling a portion of federal student loan debt. It's pushing back the date when people have to resume making a payment on their student loans. Um, This only applies to federal student loans and Pell Grants. You can get $20,000 in student loan debt canceled for people who went to college with Pell Grants and up to $10,000 for those who didn't. Your income has to be under 125000 per year 
or under 250,000 if you're married. Here's a weird thought. What if you have, what if you want to qualify for this debt uh, relief so you get married? You're making 135, you just marry an artist for 10,000. You're like, yeah. Okay, so I don't think that will happen much, but I, I, it will happen. Do current student loans with federal loans, uh, do st- current students with federal loans qualify? Yes. So, and even in the weird case of you're living with mommy and daddy and you're going to college, as long as your parents make under that 250000 or one parent makes under 125000 depending on how they're filing, there's a good website where all this information is going to be held called studentaid.gov, studentaid.gov. It's crashing at the moment because this is such new information. 21% of those people who will be eligible for debt cancellation are 25 or younger. 44% are between 26 and 39. So when you add those up, that's 65% of people who will benefit from this are under the age of 40. I like that kind of stimulus on debt in large part because you're going to see economic activity on savings and spending. And you'll see less money in our society go to the interest uh, on federal student loans. It's it's damnation game. Even as I sit, talk out loud, I'm like, oh, how many people got like stupid degrees? And when I say stupid degrees, I use the phrase like an art degree. And then people are like, oh, rubble, 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 rubble. They're mad at me. But people who take on $100,000 debt for an art degree, like there's not a lot of jobs out there for art. That's what I say, stupid. Um, But it's controversial. But I'm going to ask my kids, try to figure out a career that you want to do that is going to be around for a while. That can't be replaced. Um, I would not be surprised with Khan Academy. Khan Academy puts a lot of art teachers out of business. Khan Academy has that potential. It's a wonderful learning tool that got even more utilized during the pandemic. And it's fantastic thing about the internet is you can bring education to people's homes and into the deserts that have no food or water in the United States and the world. Um. Who qualifies for debt relief? There are others, like people who work for nonprofits, the military, the federal, state, tribal, local governments could also qualify to have their student loans forgiven through the Biden administration. And there will be a public service loan forgiveness program. Um, then there's, you start getting into some of the nitty gritty of the plan. I'm like, oh boy, this is not going to explain terribly well. And that's why I say go to studentaid.gov. If you have debt tied towards college costs, people with loans from undergraduate schools can tap what are called cap repayments at 5%. So if you can't afford to pay your student debt, but you have to pay your student debt, um, there was a previous cap of about 10%. Now it's down to 5%. The plan raises the amount of income considered non-discretionary and cancels balances after 10 years for people who had original loan balances of 12000 or less. So there's some loans that you can get into and you just, you live in poverty after college. 
And you never really get that ability to pay it back, even if you have the heart to do it. You'll those kind of loans will be affected. Again, the website I highly recommend is studentaid.gov. Nearly eight million borrowers could receive automatic relief. If you don't know you qualify and you have a loan with the education department, the education department knows how much money you're making right now because you fill out forms. So it could be very automatic. But again, I highly recommend checking with studentaid.gov. You may need to sign on and create your own account, but that's the way to play it, a little bit more education. For those who are critics of the plan, it's not hard to point fingers. Is it Biden keeping his word of canceling lots and lots of student debt? 10, 10% is not bad. $10,000 isn't bad. Um, putting caps on it, putting another freeze, not bad. It gives people time to breathe, and I get it. That's a very stressful time in your 20s. But this is also at people in your 30s. It's people under 40 is the majority of them, but one-third of the people who qualify are 40 and older. 5% are senior citizens. When I say that, doesn't that make you almost want to cry? Senior citizens straddled with student loan debt. It's like, oh, that's a heartbreaker because those are supposed to be your golden years. So the Wharton School of Business said that for giving $10,000 for each borrower, the federal student loan debt would, with income caps, could cost over $300 billion in 10 years. Do you think it's a good investment? Do you think it's a bad? I think investing in our youth is not a bad thing. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I don't want to get too dramatic here. I get why some people hate the stock market. You can take a look at Peloton and go, I hate you. You're manipulative. You're in my head of, I love you, I love you not. Two years ago, you could do no wrong with that one. You looked like a genius. And then the pandemic started to see cracks. People got tired of wearing masks. People got tired of Fauci. People got angry with one another. People would make fun of people. Me and my son were wearing a mask in a gas station or a redneck hillbilly said, oh, look, it's Halloween. And I, I threatened to fight the guy. I said, you're going to say that in front of my kid? Say it to me. And, and he won it. Um, so Peloton, I get, came from a very charged era of passion. And people got behind the investment. And then things started going bad as, as, as the frustrations of the pandemic were you know, going through various cycles. You heard celebrities like Howard Stearns talk about his Peloton and how he loved it and how the, uh, in, his, in his very Howard Stern kind of way, how the instructors are so hot. So Peloton's like, we got hot instructors. So they started a subscription service where you sign up for classes. And if you want the best classes, you pay a monthly fee. Um, and we felt like that's fine because we're not paying a gym. I've never got a Peloton. I'm one of those people who I, I'm pretty darn sure any exercise equipment that I purchase for my home is going to turn into, I need someone to come pick up this piece of junk and take it out of my home. But yesterday, the stock was up 20%. Today, it's down 
And if that won't make you crazy, I, I, I get why people get crazy with stocks. It almost seems like, did they throw down that announcement that they're going to sell on Amazon a day before they throw down the announcement that things are horrible at the company? And let me give you an idea of how not horrible, but is the six straight, six successive or the six straight or the six consecutive quarter of reported losses? Does that sound like something you want to invest in? Hey, Joe, I got a company that's great for you. Yeah, tell me all about it. Oh, they've lost money for six quarters in a row. I'm like, nope. Nope. Uh, The market for connected fitness is challenging for the foreseeable future as consumer demand for at-home equipment workout machines are waning. It's interesting because I'm actually considering one and I could probably get 50, 60, 70% off a slightly used because I know you got it and didn't use it. Peloton raised membership fees. Listen, okay, so here's the, the operational that tells me I'm not going to say they're in trouble, but listen to the list of what's happened with the company in the last six quarters. They raised membership fees. They hiked prices on equipment. They laid off thousands of workers. They tested a rental option. They exited the last mile delivery. They transferred all production over to third parties. Now, what's interesting about that, those are all positive. And yet, it sounds like the company is in a mess. The exiting the last mile takes out costs on their side. The hiking prices on some equipment means not losing as much. And it's some equipment, not all equipment. So they're trying to figure out what people want and make that the more expensive. Laying off thousands of workers after you hire thousands of workers due to the excitement. That's a big way of saving money. But it is a mess of a company right now. Yesterday, they said they're going to start selling a portion of its products on Amazon. It's first such deal with another retailer. That will help. But Amazon's going to get a cut, right? The only thing that I saw in that earnings call yesterday was that they had a quarter. It was the first time the higher margin subscription revenue accounted for the majority of sales. If Apple were ever to get out of the hardware business, or let's say the government says you have to sell off your your services, your Apple TV, your fixing iPhones, your storing of people's memories and all their data online, it would unlock a lot of value. If Apple were to say, you know, um, we're going to make our own phones, we're not going to outsource them. That would be very expensive. Outsourcing, you don't have to buy the equipment. Companies like uh, ASMLF, Taiwan Semiconductor, the whole semiconductor equipment, semiconductor equipment manufacturing uh, is a whole industry for companies who have great products like Apple who don't want to make them themselves. I'm surprised Peloton never wanted to make the Peloton themselves because they're pretty high quality machines. When you can get a company from China to, to make them and manufacture them for you. There's a lot going on in this press release. And to me, a stock that's up 20% one day, down 20% the next, it's not what I want. It's too dramatic. Jobless claims dipped below 20, 250,000 
a little bit of economic data there. This is important because jobs are creating inflation right now. And we're not losing enough jobs fast enough to see a significant dip in the unemployment rate. So the Federal Reserve knows that people have paychecks and they know inflation's high. They could probably assume people are going to spend their paychecks. It's an interesting damnation game. So my opinion on Peloton, just so you know, just taking a look at a chart, I want to finish this, then I, I kind of want, want to wash my hands of it and, and go away. If you're to take a look at it on a six-month basis, it's near the bottom. So the stock market's had a pretty good correction in 2022. If you were to take a look at it on a one-month basis since a market rally started, you can see that it, it's it's done quite nicely, going from about 870 its bottom up to about almost $11. Before yesterday it was 13 now it's back to 11 I, I see why people want to be traders. It does look interesting, not in the short term, but in the midterm. Again, I don't trade stocks, so take that for what it's worth. Um, other stories of note today that we probably need to hit. I hit the student loan forgiveness, but I want to say it one more time. If you have a federal student loan, today is a good day, or maybe this weekend is a good day to go figure out, hey, do I qualify for this in any way, shape, or form? Um, it's a government program. and. It always stinks when you're offered something and you turn it down because you don't care enough to look it up. I see that a lot. As a guy who looks at other people's finances, I'm like, hey, why didn't you take this tax deduction? Or, oh, uh, you know, you can do this and that. I'm like, oh, I just don't want to do it. it, it being lethargic and being passive is not necessarily in your best interest. So the website is studentaid.gov. That's studentaid.gov. Snowflake shares are popping big time on a revenue beat. Snowflake is a cloud data platform provider. And it's an absolute winner right now. Shares are up 20%. They reported $497 million in revenue for the quarter, more than $467 million expected. Revenue grew 83%, so that you would probably call that uh, hypergrowth. There's hypergrowth, there's growth, there's growth at income, and then there's income in my mind. This is a hypergrowth kind of company. The results are being quoted as exceptionally good. So I don't need to expand my... Um, player card of tech stocks to own. But that's an exceptional quarter. So I'm going to take a look and see how it's done in the last year, in the last six months, and since it became an IPO. So when I take a look at it on a one-day basis, I learn nothing. When I take a look at it on a six-month basis, um, it was sky high as a stock, as high as 250. Today, it's 193. So it's down on a six-month basis. When I take a look at it on a one-year basis, it's all-time high before the stock market went into 2022. 
it was at $401. So it's 50% off its all-time highs. Now, one year ago, we were willing to pay premiums for hyper-growth companies. Today, we're just saying 50% less. Their platform supports a multi-cloud strategy, including cross-cloud approach to mix and match clouds. Its platforms unifies data and supports a variety of workloads, including data warehousing, data lakes, data engineering, data science, data applications, data development, data sharing. Who knew there was all these kind of data, right? It is a tech company that if you and I decide to spend five hours to understand, we will probably just be scratching the surface. If I already tell you what it really does is it provides a frictionless, frictionless and governed data access so users can securely share data inside and outside their organizations. You're like, okay, that makes a little more sense. But it's a rock star. Is it at a discount for the long term for a hyper growth company? It depends on if it love ever comes back to hyper growth. Yeah, it would be. But the phase we're on right now is not to pay premiums for hyper growth. But they got hyper growth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. So I was talking to my son the other day about the San Francisco Giants and the season most likely being over. He goes, yeah, I've given up. They're falling out of the race for the wild card, and it's hard to muster. Like, yeah, if they win 15 out of their next 16 kind of thing. And then he said, well, I hope the Sharks do better this year than last year. I'm like, I don't think that's likely either. I just recently read a scouting report that they're expected to come in eighth out of eight teams in their division. He's like, why? So he's starting to get depressed. I'm like, well, they were so good for so long, and then they broke down. And... It kind of sounds like I'm talking about the economy now, hint, hint. It was so good for so long that it broke down. And it started creating inflation. It was so good. And that inflation broke down the market. The Sharks probably need one, two, three years of really stinking, of being one of the worst five teams in the league. If they want to draft a superstar, you can build around a superstar. What they have right now is good players to build around. Nothing great. Now, again, there's some, you get the idea. So I was trying to teach him, like, it's going to take two to three years of stinking, or someone has to write a big check, or someone has to, like, be miraculously better than they thought. Better than that was scouted, so to speak. Um, same thing with what's going to happen with our economy. 2022 is when you saw inflation. It's not going to come down fast. It's not going to be an easy fix. It's not going to be a quick turnaround. We'll still be talking about it this time next year, hopefully at 4% levels or 3% levels. We want to get down to 2% levels. But as long as we're seeing things like China shipments are way down, but U.S. ports are still struggling, we're not completely smooth. Keep in mind, a lot of companies raise prices and never, ever, ever lower them, even when inflation disappears. There's a company called Walmart that has that commercial about rollbacks. And they do that because it's effective because very few companies ever roll back prices. Companies like Home Depot and Walmart have an advantage because they can go to the middlemen and say, America doesn't care if if you're buying a Stanley and Decker hammer or a Home Depot hammer or a hammer made by Shangzhou. 
That's my attempt of saying it's clearly Chinese. So which of the three want to provide us a hammer? We can sell the premium American brand Black & Decker. We can sell the Chinese version. Or a company in the United States can make a version. We'll throw the Home Depot logo on and call the Home Depot logo. So they're able to negotiate prices because they're big. But right now what we're seeing is China shipments way down, U.S. ports still struggling. You're not going to, it's not smooth right now. Companies like Target got way too much inventory way too late into the season and they had to slash prices. Sometimes they double ordered because they're like, ah, well, if the factory shuts down, well, at least we get one of the two boxes. We're working through it. Take it for what it's worth. Sony's hiking the price of the PlayStation 5. And I saw that headline last night. I was like, that's interesting because typically something that's two years old in technology sees price drops instead of price increases. And the semiconductors that are in the PlayStation 5 right now, we figured those out two years ago. They were premium products two years ago. They make better, faster, smaller, quieter chips that do more now. So it's very interesting. Like the plastic inside of the PlayStation 5 is still the same plastic. But that's, again, the international markets, global economic environment, super high inflation. Sony said that they're going to be raising the price hikes effective immediately, except in Japan, where they began on September 15th. Sony is not raising the price of the PlayStation 5 in the United States. So on some levels, Sony is protecting their balance sheet by saying, you know, we see all these crazy currency fluctuations. We don't want to lose more than we need to. So we're going to raise prices just to protect us, to buffer us. They know that there's still very high demand for the console. Sales at Sony's gaming unit declined 2% year over year. Operating profit plunged 37%. How do you feel about a company raising the price of a product that's been out for two years? when in theory they should be coming out with an enhanced version of it if they wanted to raise the prices. But PlayStation 5 has been severely supply constrained since launch, with many consumers unable to buy Sony's latest console. Microsoft has shown no indication yet of increasing the Xbox Series X pricing, but they're going to look at this and make a decision, I'm sure. Um. I find that one interesting because you don't typically see tech go that direction. But when there's supply chain disruptions, it's really showing you how big it is. And when there's currency valuations, devaluations, you see that corporations, which are categorized by the IRS as humans, as living people, if you were being swallowed up by currency um, fluctuations. If you were being hit by supply chain interruptions, um, like let's say you sold bubble gum and you need to sell 25 cents of bubble gum a week to pay your bills. If you get half as much bubble gum, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if you doubled your prices because you need, there's like you, corporations have that same issue. Should Sony just lose money because of the current situation they're in? I don't think so. So they raise prices and we get mad at them.
You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. One of the challenges I want to put on you is try to write down 20 things that you believe in in the stock market. It could be like that you like companies that have revenue going up. It could be that you like management of a company. It could be that you like to buy low and sell high. It could be that a 10% market correction is sweet and lovely. A 20% is sweeter and lovelier. It could be a 10% loss and I'm out. You should be able to write down your ideas when it comes to investing and saving for retirement. Don't count on me. I can generate some ideas for you, but you should be able to write down yours. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.